From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. You're listening to 101.9 Hi FM, I'm Benji Shulman and this is the new Blue Review. Welcome to the program. Good to be with you on this very pleasant Monday morning. Hope you enjoyed the end of your uh, Sukkot, your Chag, Simchas Torah, Shmini Yetzirat. You had fun, you had a good dance with the Torah, chilled out and are ready for absolutely no more short work weeks. At all, even like secular ones. I don't even think we have a decent public holiday until, ooh, like December. So it's hard work, friends, hard work until the end of the year, but it is sort of in sight. I mean, we're now basically midway through October, uh, and before you know it, November is gone, and then, gosh, everyone starts uh, going to shops and being hounded by Christmas cheese and uh and songs by Boney M. So, in that spirit, we have a jam-packed show for you today on the new Blue Review. We're going to be dealing with a whole bunch of issues that are bouncing around in the Jewish world and beyond. And uh, I'm always keen to have your comments and uh, uh, suggestions about what's going on. If you want to get hold of us, you can SMS us on 34519. You can WhatsApp us on 062-148-2374. Tweet us on airchaifem.com or... Uh, yeah, pretty much. If you if if you can't get us, send us a smoke signal. But but those are the preferred methods. On the show for today, we have a, a number of interesting stories. We're going to be looking in our travel feature, weekly travel feature, on the dangers lurking in the Mediterranean that you probably haven't thought about. Uh, so the next time you want to go swimming in the beach in Tel Aviv, this is something you want to perhaps look out for. We're going to be talking about the Jewish community around the world, which is growing faster than you might expect. Or at all. I mean, think about it. What Jewish communities are growing at all these days? Uh, obviously, I guess in Israel they would be growing, but <clears throat> we're not used to stories of Jewish communities, particularly growing by 30% when talking about Jewish community that did just that in the last few years. That's going to be an interesting story. Also going to be talking about Mayim Bialik. Uh, she has got herself about into trouble, but she's been talking about the Harvey Weinstein issue. Uh, if you haven't, if you've missed that, Harvey Weinstein uh, being accused of various sexual offences in uh, America and has provoked a storm of criticism around how Hollywood is treating a woman. And uh, Mayim Bialik has penned a whole article about it and then promptly got slammed. So... Um, it be interesting to, to talk about uh, what she's been uh, saying on the issue because it does uh, is, an important, is an important one. And then lastly, uh, on the show, we are going to be chatting about the Muslim couple uh, in Israel who set up a sukkah. We're going to be finishing up uh, a bit more on the Chagim uh, one last time, but we're going to be talking about uh, an Arab couple in, in um, Netanya who set up a sukkah for, for Sukkot, uh, and we're going to be finding out why it is that we did, that they did that and what has been the effect on their neighborhood. So that's all coming up on the new Blue Review for today. But in the meantime, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to be listening to some great Israeli music as per usual. From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 IFM. 101.9 Chaifem, I'm Benji Shulman. This is the new Blue Review. Welcome back to the program. That was uh, Yehuda Avner. Huh? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Avner, 
I forget. I actually lost the name. I apologize. We will get it back for you if you enjoyed the music. Uh, I apologize for that. Now, let us move on to the uh, travel feature of the week. And uh, have a look at uh, some unusual stories that are circulating around the world when it comes to travel. And the one which is standing out uh, in today's edition is something that you perhaps wouldn't expect on a beach in Tel Aviv. I'm sure if you've bathed uh, in Cape Town or particularly in Durban, you'll be aware that there are shark nets off of the shores uh, in Durban especially. And that is to stop, obviously, sharks eating uh, people which is not good for tourism. And it seems as though the beaches of Tel Aviv are having a small version of the same problem, except not with sharks, because there aren't really any sharks in the Mediterranean where uh, Israel is, but rather the white sea bream. The white sea bream seems to be escalating in biting of Israeli bathers. Um, it's a story on the Times of Israel. And it talks about a, a lady who was swimming in the Mediterranean and she felt a, a, a sharp piercing bite uh, and a small wound in her foot. And it seems as though she's not the only one. Uh, if you look at TripAdvisor uh, in the last couple of years or indeed speak apparently to your average Israeli lifeguard, you will find that this white sea bream, which is a native uh, of the, off the coast of the Mediterranean, uh, by, obviously in Tel Aviv, and in fact stretching all the way along uh, uh, African coast all the way uh, up to Spain and, and even down to South Africa, there has been an incident of the white sea bream biting people as they swim in the ocean. And uh, it doesn't seem to be any scientific evidence that there's an escalation, but it seems to have gotten into the media a little bit. And uh, some beach guards in Tel Aviv said that they started to notice an increase, uh, one saying that he's seen as number as 20 uh, as many as 20 bites from these fish every single day. Now, these are small fish. Uh, they're obviously not anything like a shark-related size, uh, nor are they that dangerous. Uh, there, there seems to have been one case where one got infected and landed a couple of people in hospital. But just in general, it is just a small irritating bites. Uh, but people are more frequently being bitten by these white sea bream. And... Uh, Talking to a variety of biologists, they say that this fish is uh, highly ter territorial and uh, is very, very curious. And they believe that the fish might be thinking that people are food or plankton and uh, they're particularly attracted to, to small gashes in the skin, maybe uh, if, you've, if you've got a small cut that you don't notice. And so they, 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 they bite those. And uh, th there seems to be this phenomenon of the fish that are biting people. Now, there's all sorts of explanations that are being given uh, by by various biologists about this, some saying that they think it might be younger fish who are still not afraid of humans coming and, and biting people. Uh, but uh, one of the things that they said is it could be as a result of climate change. They're saying like a 3% uh, uh, increase in the eastern Mediterranean uh, over the last 30 years has changed the lifestyles of these particular fish and uh, which means that they are uh, changing where they live and coming into contact with, with humans more often. And uh, also they believe that some of the effects of various human impacts on the Mediterranean itself, like overfishing, commercial shipping, leisure sailing, offshore drilling, pollution, uh, is also creating a, a, a 
a habitat which is more stressed for the fish and so they are likely to be more aggressive and likely to bite more so this seems to be a, a, an ongoing problem and uh, basically there's no way to deal with it if you are a um if you are a person who is swimming in the Mediterranean, uh, you just gotta stay out the water. But they say if you, if you don't keep still, then you're less of a target. Interestingly, the article goes on to say that fish are not the only ones that are uh, a problem in the, in, in, in the, the Mediterranean basin. Uh, a number of other animals and insects have been, uh, doing some strange stuff. They're saying that they're finding some beetles which haven't actually been uh, in found in Israel before, normally are associated with South Asia. Uh, they're suddenly finding them all over the place uh, in Israel. They're even saying, and this one is pretty gross, that uh, a number of apartments in Tel Aviv uh, have found that um, they have cockroaches in the top floors. Now, normally cockroaches, uh, according to this article, walk along uh, the street and don't like to fly but when it gets too hot for them then they're likely to look for uh, something cooler uh, higher up so they fly up uh, and so there seems to be a change in cockroach behavior as well so there we go if you are traveling to uh, anywhere on the african coast or europe or in a beach in tel aviv Watch out for those very scary sea bass, the white sea bream, and uh, yeah, don't don't get bitten because it's probably a little bit sore. If you do, just make sure that uh, you get it cleaned up. Speak to your local beach guard, uh, and we have to ha- end, I suppose, a, a a discussion like this the only way that we can. Going, the best part of your day at the heart of your community all the talk all the music all the news Chai FM 101.9 Chai FM that was Moshe Ben Ari with Betach Shavo hope you are enjoying the music here on 101.9 Chai FM uh, this is the new Blue Review and I'm Benji Shulman thank you so much for listening and uh, if you don't want, if you want to do more than just listen you can uh, be part of the conversation SMS us 345 one nine. Email us on airchaifem.com, tweet us at airchaifem, or even WhatsApp us 0621482374. We would love to hear from you and uh, get your views uh, on the dangers of sea bass uh, or sea breams or whatever is finding you dangerous in the sea. Uh, but moving along to our next topic for today, uh, you wouldn't, th- when you think about Jewish communities around the world, you, you often think about which ones are perhaps getting smaller, say, or are they staying the same, or are people moving around? Uh, people look at rates of Aliyah in France, for example. We've seen a lot of movement uh, to Israel. People look at Israel, see if people are moving there or moving out. Uh, America, the same thing. There's uh, Jews moving around definitely is part of uh, the Jewish experience. So... It's a remarkable and interesting thing when a Jewish community is uh, 30% bigger than it was uh, just five years ago. And uh, certainly where that seems to be a bit of a, uh, a, a an unusual place for Jews to be. And that's partly why it is 30% bigger, because there were so few Jews to begin with. Uh, but still, it is a remarkable number. And so we thought we'd talk about it today. turns out that Ireland's Jewish 
population rose by 29% since that state's last census in 2011. In 2011, there were 2,557 identifying Jews um, in, 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 in Ireland. Um, and that number has risen by 573. Uh, so that is uh, quite a, a remarkable and large number, especially, uh, you know, Ireland... It's not so warm, uh, so I don't know why all those people are going there. turns out that some 56% of all Jews of Ireland uh, live in Dublin, about 1,400-odd. And uh, it's unusual because Ireland's Jews have been a steadily falling population since the 1940s. turns out the high in Ireland was in 1946, where a... Princely sum of 3,907 Jews lived in Ireland, and that has been steadily falling. Now, it doesn't seem as though these are natural islanders. It's not as if um, suddenly there's been a baby boom in Ireland, uh, and that has created uh, a um, a large um, influx of, of, of people, or not influx. If it was baby booms, then it would be in an, inc- an increase, not just an influx. Uh, but it has nothing to do, it seems, with the local Jewish population. It seems uh, as those are old. Actually, most of them are old. But there's an increased number of Jews who are believed to be part of a new uh, employees of U.S. high-tech and multinational firms and indeed Israelis as well because Ireland has quite a um, strong startup sector and I, from what I understand sort of uh, very helpful tax laws when it comes to multinationals. And so these Jews are being brought in as as basically new people that are working in the country. Uh, so most of these Jews are believed to be secular and non-practicing. And it's believed that there could in fact be even a higher number of Jews than is being recognized by the census because the questionnaire doesn't even have Jewish as an option, the respondents had to select other and then write in their Jewish affiliation. So if people were too lazy or were not interested enough to actually write in Jewish, uh, then then they might not have been counted either. So it is a um, fascinating and interesting story. And you often do find I've found uh, Jewish communities all over the world, uh, particularly that are working, say, embassies or multinationals in strange countries, uh, Bahrain, I've heard of, Qatar, all sorts of Asian countries. So there we go. If you're looking for a growing Jewish population, turns out the luck of the Irish uh, is that uh, they have lots of Jews there. Uh, I see someone coming through on the SMS line saying, Hi, Benji, are sea bream edible? Uh, it could help feed the poor of Israel. Problem solved. Uh, so thank you, listener. I actually do think that they might be. Um, so perhaps there needs to be more fishing of sea bream. Um, I suppose sort of like retaliation, revenge. I bite you, you bite me. Uh, and uh, yeah, apparently it's not just the sea bream. There's also, I don't talk about it, but uh, St. Peter's fish. It's called the St. Peter's fish, which is uh, the uh, supposedly the, the fish that... Um, in the New Testament, that was the fish that was created from uh, uh, with with the multiplication of the fish and the loaves. If you know that story, uh, um, you will. Uh, it's supposed to be that fish that was part of that miracle. Uh, and there's still a church actually on the on the Galilee which has uh, to do with that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the what the fish has to do with. In any case, uh, apparently these fish have also been quite aggressive, but they're also edible. Uh, so. 
you know, there you go. Uh, perhaps, perhaps eating fish is one way to go. Uh, eating Irish is not, not a way to go. They were trying to increase population. But in any case, it is a, that is the story when it comes to Ireland. Uh, we're going to take a short break, uh, listen to some more music. And then when we come back, uh, we'll be talking about Mayim Bialik. <laughs> Stay relevant and up to date. This is 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. I'm Beji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. And you were listening there to Itzik Olev. Uh, and he was singing Eli Olam. I hope you are enjoying that. Uh, we have all the ichthyologists coming in on uh, the New Blue Review for today. Um, uh, the same person who was talking about um, sea breams earlier was saying that St. Peter's fish is what in South Africa we call a kerpa. Uh, just as kerpa are a staple diet in Africa, so it is in the Galilee. So there we go. Uh, if you want a kerpa for lunch, go ahead and do it. Someone else, uh, Stephen, uh, he has uh, SMSed and he's saying, Hi, are sea bream only found on the beaches of Tel Aviv? So it turns out, Stephen, that sea bream, uh, from what I can tell in this article or not, it seems to be a coastal fish uh, that is all over the place along the coasts of Israel, the Mediterranean, up to Spain, and all the way down the coast of Africa and even down to South Africa. Uh, but I guess uh, the the Mediterranean is maybe shallower, so they're more likely to be around the beaches there. And uh, let's face it, there's other things that can eat you uh, on the coasts of South Africa that you don't have to worry about if you are um, a sea bream. You probably have to be worried if you're a sea bream because you'll be eaten more than eating anybody else. So there we go. That's all about sea breams. Now, I want to talk about a serious topic, uh, something which has been bouncing around the media. And uh, I want your opinions on it. I uh, always like to have uh, your opinions. So I'm sure by now, if you've been following uh, in the news, the issue of Harvey Weinstein, he is a uh, exec in Hollywood, a big-time producer, has made some uh, massive movies, uh, and in the last few weeks has been embroiled in a series of sex scandals where he was accused of uh, basically trading sex for favors in terms of uh, Hollywood, uh, even more serious uh, sexual assault and even rape, which uh, he has denied uh, the last count. But uh, there seems to be an ever-growing number of women who seem to have had some uh, sort of difficult uh, liaisons with him because he was demanding sex for uh, roles in movies, etc. Now, that's not the story. The story is Mayim Bialik. She has written a piece in the New York Times uh, about this issue. Mayim Bialik, if you don't know, she is uh, famous for having been on the set of Blossom uh, as a young actress and then perhaps more famously uh, in in the last couple of years for the Big Bang Theory. Uh, she is uh, the girlfriend of Sheldon, if you if you can remember uh, if you, if you're a Big Bang Theory or if you're not a Big Bang Theory person, but she's also like quite famous because she's also uh, a strong Zionist. She's Jewish. She's uh, quite religious, and uh, even joined the Shabbos Project uh, a couple of years ago, uh, as I recall. And so she's written this this article where she says that she, you know, she she definitely feels for the women that have uh, been sexually ass- assaulted. Uh, by Harvey and actually saying that this has been a widespread issue in the Hollywood industry and has a long piece saying about uh, particularly how she she found it difficult uh, as a young actress 
because she didn't also fit the the kind of actress that people were um were interested in she she didn't look or act uh, like uh, the other girls in the industry she didn't have the kind of beauty that that uh, these guys were after and she says that that affected her quite a, a lot um as as a young actress and eventually f- forced her to leave uh the the business and and in addition she actually also got uh, some of these uh, sexual uh, unwanted sexual attention as well uh, she also said though that she doesn't like the culture of hollywood in terms of uh how people act and how people dress and basically she said that uh she had to make quite conservative choices in 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 hollywood about how she dressed and uh, she's quite been quite specific to say that uh, you know nothing excuses men for assaulting or abusing women but we can't be naive about the culture that we live in and that she makes wise and self-protecting choices in the way that she dresses and acts now it's quite uh this this article has gotten quite a big backlash uh, a number of people have said look uh, you know they were um, modestly dressed and and were harassed as well uh, as as an actress's other people saying that she's uh, putting the blame on women and not on men where it should be um and and has had quite an outpouring uh, of of uh, of anger from from this piece and uh, a number of people being quite cross with her she's responded interestingly enough um and, and and she said no she can't believe how vicious people are being uh when she's trying as a feminist she describes herself as a feminist uh fighting to make things better for women she's decided she's even going to do a facebook a live discussion with the new york times um on on uh in a, in a few hours actually on on monday afternoon our time uh, to discuss the issue as well because she feels that it is so important so i don't know what do you think about Harvey Weinstein? Um, it's interesting, actually. Um, it, I saw a someone posted a a post on Facebook from a Thirty Rock with Tina Fey, where they actually make reference to this uh, Harvey Weinstein's uh, uh, conduct uh, in a sort of light-hearted way. So it was clearly an, an insider joke. Uh, in, in Hollywood for a very long time. And, uh, yeah, I'd be interested to hear what your view is of Mayan Bialik. What, um, have you read the piece? What do you think of some of the responses to it? Uh, certainly is, I think, quite an important topic and an interesting one as well. Uh, someone SMSing in here saying, Bill Clinton is a serial rapist. Numerous women have made charges against him and he settled out of court. Yeah, certainly Bill Clinton was very famous, uh, for, for his, wasn't just Monica Lewinsky. Uh, I think there were a lot of, um, other Paula Jones as well, a number of other women. So it seems to be a definite problem with powerful men and women under their, under their control. So I'd love to, love to hear your perspective on this. Um, are we doing enough to stamp out uh, basically sexual assault in the workplace? I guess that there isn't just a Hollywood issue. Uh, it could happen anyone. Uh, if you're a young person, I guess, but particularly a young woman in a difficult situation, you have to get work and this is the price. And what happens to them? Uh, let's, let's chat about it. You can SMS us on 34519, uh, email us on tweet us at airchaifem or WhatsApp us 0621482374. Um, so, yep, there we go. Um, 
we're going to take a short break and we'll come back. Uh, we're talking about the Israeli Arabs in the sukkah. A frequency like no other. 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman and this is the new Blue Review. Welcome back to the show. Someone wanting to know uh, if Harvey Weinstein has actually been found guilty or are um, are people now guilty until proven innocent. So, according to what I've been able to read, it turns out that, that uh, Weinstein has actually had to settle out of court a number of times because of sexual assault uh, engagements. Although he's denied ever raping anyone, uh, he has himself now taken off uh, himself off to sex therapy, according to his own uh, his his own uh, publicist. So you can make of that what you will. Now I wanted to chat lastly in our Tikkun Olam feature about the Israeli Arab Muslim couple who decided to build a sukkah this year, a sukkah of hope. They call it. It's a Muslim dentist. Uh, he lives in Netanya uh, and. Uh, and he is from uh, the Upper Nazareth. That's where he was born. And he decided this year that he uh, wanted to build a nine by three sukkah in his deck uh, and open it up to the ge- to the general public, um, and uh, and and see what happened. So once they opened it up, uh, anyone could come. Uh, you could for kosher Arab cuisine, prayer, live music, discussions, uh, all in the intermediate days of Sukkot, which we just had. Uh, the couple, uh, who are uh, Khalil and Riam Bakley, who are both dentists, uh, they they opened up the sukkah. They're calling it the Sukkah of Hope, issuing invitations in both. Arabic in Hebrew and uh, they say that they've completely respected the ritual and uh, the institution it's completely halakhically valid the the sukkah it's built uh, correctly and has been answering questions for people about why a Muslim couple is building a sukkah and according to the dentist he's 45 years old he said that he found that a lot um, uh, of his patients admired the uh, the idea of, of a Sukkah, and so he thought that this would be a cool idea to actually bring some of his people uh, together and uh, give them something to do while they were waiting. So he also said that a lot of um, um, a lot of his uh, uh, acquaintances who are Jewish and Arab don't actually mix together and 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 talk to one another. So what he's done is by creating the sukkah, he hopes that they will also start to connect with one another. He placed adverts in local newspapers in Netanya and Upper Nazareth and uh, got an Orthodox Jew to help oversee the construction of the sukkah. He says he's not sure how many people actually came, uh, but um, he says he served between 1,200 and 1,500 meals over the time, and he even got two dozen of his friends, both Arab and Jews, to help out. Uh, he says that uh, he loved this idea of an open sukkah and even took time to deal with other issues such as uh, women's issues, health, uh, education, and uh, and because he says as a dentist, he sees lots of problems in lots of different communities. Uh, he, he says he prays five times a day, but prefers to look at people as human beings rather than members of a particular group. And he says he will be doing his sukkah again because uh, he wants to have even more people. So uh, isn't that a, a nice idea uh, and quite interesting? Um, 
gosh, uh, it looks like we're going to have to come back to this topic because uh, there's a lot of people that have been SMSing in. Uh, if I could just try to read this one SMS here, which has come in, uh, I'm trying to scroll up. Uh, it's trying to scroll up to see. It's, sorry, it's just struggling a little bit uh, with with it. Um, it's someone saying, why have some of the women accusing him been at the topic interesting for some time, taken so long to come out and make accusations? Surely they should have said something as soon as they could protect the weak newcomers in the industry. Uh, if you know about a crime, I have a fiduciary uh, topic to, re- to report it. Well, I mean, I guess uh, the, the fact is that they, they have been. Uh, somebody else saying, uh, men are naturally uh, sexually inclined. Perhaps women are naive by expecting men to become enochs in the workplace. Obviously, sex for favors should be reserved for marriage. Uh, so there we go. There are some topics. I think it doesn't even start to scratch the surface. I think there are some key key issues there which need to be unpacked, like uh, what, how people should react in the workplace in the first place and how people should react uh, in cases of sexual abuse. We have some excellent organizations in the community who deal with this, uh, Shalom Bayit and uh, Kalenu. If, if this is a problem that you're having, I would definitely get in contact with them. Uh, but uh, for now, we're going to have to come back to this because we have come to the end of the show for today. Thank you so much for listening and uh, engaging with us today. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you to Mandy for helping to uh, produce the show and for Craig who's pushing all the big red buttons and everybody else at the station. And of course, to you, our listeners, Listeners on the new Blue Review, and we'll be back with you next week. This just uh, leaves me a chance to say shalom and see you then.